Welcome back to a bite of D&D where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Micah and as always across the internet for me is my co-host Zach. Hey guys. And with us we have our new friend David here. He joined us last week in order to talk about lights out at the Nightwatch Lighthouse and he is here now to discuss a monster with us. What monster are we going to be discussing this week? We are going to be discussing the Harpy. The Harpy is a monster that features heavily in your adventure. And so we thought, you know what? This is a great opportunity to do a little episode about a fun creature with a fun effect and that can have a lot of good places within the game. So let's get your your thoughts or your just as the, on the creature as a whole before we get into putting it into a world. My thoughts on the creature are it's a low-level creature. I like it. So you're not going to really want to put it into anything that's greater than Tier 2. But the Harpy itself offers something that isn't really offered with a whole lot of Tier 1 play. You get a lot of things in Tier 1 where it's hack and slash. Maybe it's good for roleplay purposes, or it's really on the other end of magic. But I feel like the Harpy is a good mix between all that. There's There's good hack and slash, and it does good damage, and that damage is frightful when it hits. But it's also got that alluring song. So not only can it hit you, it can scare you just from listening to it. It it doesn't even have to be close enough to touch you to scare you. I agree. The damage is actually pretty respectable for a a CR1, certainly enough to potentially drop a level 1 character. But that song is really what makes them interesting and kind of gives them their, their entire identity. I think... And we'll get into this a little bit later. I think I I like them enough that I would throw them in maybe some of the higher tiers of play, but I think it definitely involves messing with the the stats of the creature a little bit, and we can discuss that a little bit later. Um, or making them minions to the boss. Or making them minions, exactly. Giving some other creatures some diversions from the big bad that you had planned for that encounter. Now, in my mind, these are typically there in mountainous regions and things like that but i like what you've done in your adventure where you don't just have to be afraid of heights to make harpies terrifying but also the ocean depths see now the way that i was seeing it a lot of the times you see harpies show up there's that the alluring song you hear at the edge of a cliff draws your attention and forces you to walk over the edge and that in and of itself is horrifying but then you have to consider the fact that harpies a lot of the times you see them are living on cliffs and why can't it be over the water? Why can't they just pick passengers off of a ship? Why can't they just choose to go over some sailing vessel and see that heavy-plated armored man over there and convince him to step out into the water and drown? It's just mm-hmm. as horrifying out there as it is on a cliff. I would, I would even argue that I think this is a far more terrifying use of a harpy. I mean, a, a drop is scary, but you, your end is fairly instant. Getting pulled into the water against your will, I think, is a whole nother moment of terror that you're dealing with. And I think adds really a little bit more drama than you would normally find uh, with the Harpies. Uh, It also gives your players something, I think, a little bit more to panic about. Like, none of them want to go over the cliff, but I think there's definitely a more panic in your player's face when they realize they're in that full plate and they are now sinking like a stone. I see a lot of this on uh, Reddit and various other things that I'm reading about people who get their uh, party started and they don't know how to handle people that start off with full plate. It's like, <laughs> you have a CR 18 
or an AC uh, 18 right off the bat. How do I hit you? You are way up there for somebody that's at level one. And that's insane. You're a knight in armor and I've got bow staff. And this is a specific uh, instance where that's not only cumbersome, it's a severe detriment. And it's one of those things that really highlight that not everything that protects you can protect you in every outlet. Yes. Well, and I think about, you know, harpies are the great equalizer can be for low levels. I mean, not just people in plate, but also that that rogue, that frustrating rogue that can find every single trap that you as a DM has laid out and like, oh, this will be fun. This How are they going to get out of this? And then they just walk through and they're like, oh, it's right there. Harpies can pull people into a trap just as easily as off a ledge or, or into the water. And it doesn't matter if they can see it, if they're being lured into it regardless. Now, uh, do you have a monster manual? I do. What is the intelligence score of a harpy? Seven. See, most people are going to go by that and say they're not going to be intelligent enough to realize that. But I think that you are correct. And to some degree, that is a natural thing for them to do. They may not have the idea of pulling them through, say, uh, a bear trap, but maybe they know of a hole that's somewhere out there. And if a creature falls in the hole, if they can convince them to just walk into it and fall in there. Or if uh, they're aware of a very dangerous room that they, as animals, would instinctually avoid, maybe pull the, a prey through that room. I think that's a wonderful idea. Well, and I think this is a whole nother rabbit hole, so I won't touch it in a whole lot. But I think negative modifiers are often looked at a little bit more unkindly than they should be. I don't view a, a 7 as you know, brain dead, which I feel like a lot of people do. Basic, they're not going to have like fluent sentence structure, but they're not, they're not stupid. Like they're below average, but I don't think they should be stupid. They know what things are. I agree. They're not going to lead you through a maze. They're not going to like lay an elaborate trap, but they can determine who's a threat. They can still lead you to unfortunate ends. They know enough to be effective especially when it comes to their own abilities they also do have a 10 in wisdom which there's not a direct correlation there but there's certainly something to be said that their wisdom is not also low i mean wisdom is instincts it's animal instincts that's your your base animalistic nature and animals aren't dumb they're eagles that will grab a goat and throw it off a cliff because it's so much easier than trying to peck it to death yeah yeah like they're not learned creatures they've never gone to school but they instinctually know how to handle environmental aspects. Exactly. And I, I also like the idea of, you know, I think, I, I don't know that, that this is always the case in everybody's world, but I think of harpies a lot of times as like scavengers or creatures of opportunity. And a lot of the times those creatures will work in conjunction with a more powerful entity. So the harpy is like you said earlier, luring something into another creature's den or somebody has set a trap other than the harpy and the harpy saying, you know, I am I am the parasite that is going to leech onto this other creature and gain some benefit. Right. I will I will help them pull in prey so that I can feed on the scrap sort of thing. Let's see. What else what else do we like about the harpy or what about its lore? What about its history do do you find fascinating? Well, the last thing I want to hit on while we're kind of still discussing 
sort of mechanic, but I like the fact that this is a low-level flying creature. You don't see that real often. And again, when you've got those people on heavy plate, the people who are taking the the rapier because it's the best uh, damage class and it happens to be a dex weapon and everything, right? Uh, you take that and you say, yeah, but you can't always hit something with a sword. And for those people who didn't come prepared, who don't have a range with weapon with them, they quickly find out, oh, I guess I need to have a backup plan sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of puts that thought in everyone's head that you need to be prepared for any situation because oftentimes they're left on the ground scratching their heads with not much to do. Now, in your adventure, you kind of solve that by there's the harpoon gun on deck. But if you're just throwing these into your game, especially at the lower levels, I think it teaches an important lesson there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's showing uh, it's showing that you have DM chops. It's one of those monsters that have those DM chops. It's one of the really good ones that allow you to find a specific instance that you can use that kind of subvert uh, subverts uh, player expectations. And yeah. that, to me, keeps your players from falling into a lull of hack slash move on, hack slash, move on, hack slash. It doesn't need to be just a railroad of murder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you were mentioning about rogues, uh, being able to just walk in and break a trap, move on, that's kind of the same general thing. Right. But a harpy is a walking trap. Yeah, yeah. And a harpy, harpy is a walking trap for low-level creatures. And with the Aarakocra being a starting race that has starting flight, it is a predominantly horrifying thing for an Aarakocra to go up with because when you're the only creature in the air, you're the only creature that gets attacked. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you get dropped, we talked about this when we did our our Aarakocra episode, you may have flight, but if you quit flying, that's a long drop potentially, and that's a lot of damage for a level one character. Yeah, level one characters are very squishy when they have 20 D6 hit them out of nowhere. I'll I'll point out, um, in the Monster Manual, it talks about these guys, the harpies being gruesome collectors, and that when they can't find actual valuables, they'll collect body parts and different things like that. But I just, it's always great, in my mind, when a monster is predetermined to have an interesting horde. I just like the idea that, like, the, the uh, I can't think of their names right now, but the frog people, uh, not, the bullywugs are the same way, in that this is your opportunity at low levels to give some very interesting, weird baubles that your characters are going to carry with them for sessions or levels or years of play. Not, sh- not sure what this thing actually is or what it might do, but it was interesting, and we found it in a harpy stash and uh, we're going to we're going to hold on to it. And that, you know, it's a jar of eyeballs or it's a or it's this weird it's this weird root stick. And it's like all of a sudden now that that's the thing that they have with them at level 20 is this root stick from a harpy two years ago. Oh, and this, uh, these could work as precursors to hags. You were talking about a jar of eyeball. These are the same baubles that you would hags. Have. Right. This is this is your introduction at a low level to the weird and mystic arcane in the backwoods regions of D&D. Exactly. Uh, another thing that I really uh, would draw attention to is, especially when I'm introducing this this game to, to new people, I get excited about introducing them to monsters that are classic to D&D. And one thing about the Harpy, one thing about this monster is that it has 
hardly changed from first edition. Um, it's always had the flight. It's always had the luring song. It's always been a low-level creature. It's always been a monstrosity. It's always been evil. It's always, you know, this, that, and the other. It's always been native to the Feywild and the Material Plane, all of these things. And so, in my mind, these are the things that that have stuck with D&D for, for decades now. And um, I always try to find creatures like this that I can be like, here, this is a, this is a, this is a D and D thing. Um, you should enjoy it too. This is something that we can. I'm going to pass on down the line. So that would be another point in the Harpy's favor to me is that it's something that is a classic. And I mean, it's a classic because it it's just it is a classic. It comes from various old tales like Homer, I believe, had Harpy's yes. and his that were siren. Yes, and there's so many attributed things to the Harpy that it's just become so iconic. It's one of those things that pretty much all of your players should be able to have a grasp of when you describe it. I mean, I love some of the weird that we get into. Sometimes we hate on a little bit of that weird. We we talked about how dumb the Otiug was just before we went to GameholeCon, and I saw Otiug swag everywhere. But the, the weird stuff that you kind of have to describe to your players, they don't have a good mental image of when you start. And if you throw a harpy in you're almost guaranteed to get people go, oh, okay. They know what that is. They, they're more invested in that story. It's a, it's a quick connector, yeah, because it's something that's already familiar. Yep, yep. And you can put your own spin on it, but in the end of the day, they know exactly what it is. They might not know the mechanics, but they already know, oh, this is not good. Now, yep. speaking of mechanics, we do need to dive back in for one last thing. We've, we've touched on it multiple times. Uh, and we we discussed it last week, but we have not talked about their luring song, kind of the core identity of, of what makes the harpy. I feel like, David, you should lead us off since this is kind of the key ability that really plays a prominent role in your adventure. Okay, you'll have to excuse me. I'm not actually looking at the stat block right now. But the alluring song is the prime thing that makes a harpy as terrifying as it is for anything, I would say almost up to 6th, 7th level and down. Because the Alluring Song is just a soothing song that can be heard over 100 feet away. It's within 300 feet. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It is. They're basically up there yodeling at this point, trying to get your <laughs> attention. And it's the most alluring yodeling you'll ever hear. And if you fail that wisdom save, you're charmed. And it is a strong charm, too. It's one of those charms that you have a lot of as a DM potential wiggle room to keep your monster out of combat and still deal damage to your players. And uh, the DC is not that high. If I recall, I think it's only like 13. It's 11. 11. It is pretty oh, low, okay. but so are the saves at that level too. Yeah. When you're, when you're level one wisdom save isn't a super common save. You don't have a ton of stats unless you let them roll, which shame on you use a uh, point by or an array every time i know everyone's gonna hate me on that i'm pretty strongly against rolled stats at this point i feel like but with an 11 save even at low levels you're fairly likely to get at least two people out of the party and even with one out of the party it's it's a detriment at that level Uh, if you lose one person it's a cr1 for reason it's expected that you have four people at least to go against it now, granted, CR systems aren't exactly the strongest <laughs> thing in the world, but it's not one of your weaker CR1s either. 
Well, and the the other most terrifying part about them, and and we discussed this last week, but again, with most abilities, when you save for that ability, you are immune to it for 24 hours. You're immune to the ability as a whole. And with the luring song, with the harpies, you're only immune to the song from that harpy. Each harpy's voice is individually unique, is individually enticing. So even if you shake it off from one, a second could potentially enthrall you. Oh yeah, you're you're basically going up against a choir of evil. <laughs> yes, I li- I like it being put that way, a choir of evil. Well, and I I think this monster falls in line with the banshee that we talked about quite a while back as far as especially for low-level parties and and David, you you mentioned this as in building your adventure, be super careful about using multiples of these in an encounter because when a party has to start making three saves around or, or three saves in a round to avoid jumping off a cliff or in the Banshee's case, falling from full hit points to zero hit points, you're asking a lot for, for, for your party to survive that. And it can quickly become uh, a, a TPK unintentionally. Oh, they, this it's only three CR1 creatures and my party is level three. We should be fine. Yes, um, I think... I think it's safe to say everyone enjoys a little bit of a risk of death. There'd be no point in playing if there was never any danger, but nobody wants to see their entire party just walk off the edge. It's kind of, it's interesting if it's a risk for one or two people, but if everyone loses control, it's kind of just one of those moments where you're like, okay, well, that was a game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, nobody likes to feel defeated right off the get-go. And if they hit you with that right from the beginning and everybody fails because they had three saves that they had to make, that's going to be more frustrating than it needs to be. Uh, so that would be my only other mention, is that be super careful. There's there's very few monsters like this, I believe, in the rule book, in the monster manual, that are like, hey, don't use these in large numbers. But harpies would be one that I would, especially if you're dealing with cliffs or water. <laughs> They've tamed uh, quite a few things down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this in Shadows. Yeah, like living shadows, uh, things that can cause a party to spiral real quick. Shadow drops you to zero. You're a new shadow. It's draining strength. You're less likely to be able to deal with it every passing turn. Just like if you're charmed and multiples are charmed, they can take out the party at the uh, Harvey's behest. Guys, anything else that we want to cover on these before we wrap this up? Well, what I want to hit on is I think harpies are interesting enough that I would like to see them in higher tiers of play. David mentioned his minions, but I think you could also bring in a harpy matriarch um, and add in like like a veteran template. And I don't have the templates in front of me, so I don't know what all stat bonuses they confer. Um, But look at those, like the champion, the veteran, uh, some of those templates and see what gives kind of a a decent enough stat bump to make it interesting. Uh, Raise the DC on that luring song a little bit, maybe make it a a 14 or a 15 if it's at higher tier play and beef it up a little bit. But I think you can do a little bit to increase the harpies. I don't think you need to change a whole lot. I don't think you really need to add a ton to the damage because I, again, I think the main part that's scary about the harpies is the song itself. Um, Oh yeah. But I think you could pretty easily make a harpy matriarch just by plugging in some of the templates that are provided in the books just to give them a little bit of a boost to their stat line, a little bit of boost to the health, and raise the DC of that luring song a little bit. And suddenly they're still viable at 
other areas well, of the game. If you're looking for a way to beef up a harpy, uh, my quick plug will be for Cobalt Press's Tome of Beasts. They have an owl harpy, which I don't know if you really need the extra flavor of an owl, but it works as a CR5 harpy, basically. So it's a nice little bump up. So there is th- you could check that out if you're looking for a bump. Or if you are looking for something a little bit different, you could also consider the harpy that blotted the sun. And the matron harpy is a gargantuan figure that oh, wow. also has a grappling effect. Yeah, that'd be pretty nasty. Grab someone and starts uh, <laughs> flying away. She has another uh, human for her collection. Yeah, as soon as they start to struggle and get free, calm them down with that alluring song and continue to fly. Well, and even if they do struggle to get free, she's flying. If you drop, she'll just go collect the body when you're when you're dead. Yeah. So I think that's the last thing I wanted to hit on, because if you're already in a game where you're not at that tier one, I think if you want to try them out, just throw on a template. You can still make them viable. You can still make them interesting. And it's one of those that the flavor is there. I think it's worth taking a look at in your own games. And remember, music lovers, not all songs are worth listening to. All right. I think we will see you next week. As always, if you could like us on Facebook, on Twitter, leave us a review, give us your feedback. David has been wonderful. He has been critical of us in a nice way. Uh, We appreciate it a lot. There are only a few bandages that were needed. Right, right. (laughs) Only a few tears were shed. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you guys listening. Check out, if you could, I'll just go one more time, a plug for uh, Lights Out at the Night Watch Lighthouse. Uh, Listen to our previous episode if you're curious more about that product and david's future delves into the dm skill